Hey everybody, it's Molly Ford, and we are back at the Let's Connect podcast studio. And today I have a special guest and a dear, dear friend, Scott Mays. And Scott Mays is at Emra's Mortgage Company, and he has a whole plethora of information to share with us on Lexington. He is a diehard Lexingtonian, born and raised here. And we are super excited to dive into what is Lexington and what makes it click. So welcome. Thanks for being here. It's always good to be with Moya and her team, and I always like uh, talking about Lexington. So, oh, yeah. Uh, born and raised here, been here for most of my life, at least. I was a, I've gone for a few years, but other than that, I've been here and seen all the changes and the things that make Lexington and Grape Town. I've been a lot of places, done a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's no place better than here that I'm aware of. There, there, just, there are too many things. There's too much going on. I'm a huge Kentucky sports fan, so that. Takes, you are. Takes care of the winners. Well, and let's just preface this, okay? I am born and raised Jersey girl, yeah. and I always say you can take the girl out of Jersey, but you can't take Jersey out of the girl. And I have been here 24 and a half years now, which is hard to believe. And I remember... Yeah, you're, you're Lexingtonian. Almost. Well, we'll talk about what I think about that. Um, Tough one to break in. But when I moved here, my friends laughed at me. And said, what the hell are you doing? And I thought, I know, because at the time I was in Orlando and moving here for marriage. And they said, how did you get to Kentucky? Because in the East Coast, Kentucky was backwards. Well, Kentucky, by a lot of standards, probably still is backwards. But Yeah, but now everyone's flocking here to live here. We're one of the hottest states to move to, right? Exactly right. I mean, it it is. the quality of life here, I think, is is really good. It's it's diverse. It's not uh, it's not the deep south, but it's not the north. It's kind of it's an in between spot. It was in the Civil War, and it still is today. That's right. Uh, We're a little not wide west, but should be. We've got the hospitality of the South. I think we've got the friendship of the South. Totally it's agree. Good. We've got uh, we've got some of the the huspa, I guess, that the, the North has. I think Kentucky's like three different states, just like I always say. But New Jersey's like North, South, and Central Jersey are completely different. And I feel like Lexington is the same, or Kentucky's the same way. You have Eastern Kentucky, you have Central Kentucky, and then you have Western Kentucky. And they're all three completely different terrains. I I, I don't think that's exactly right. But they're all fierce Kentuckians. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're uh, a mountain guy or a, uh, lowlander like uh, Central Kentucky people are considered to be not the above, or you know, or from the western part of the state. They still uh, there's something about Kentucky. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it goes back to the Hatfields and McCoys, but there is a kindred friendship amongst Kentuckians that it doesn't matter whether you're here or whether you're living in Florida or whether you're living in Texas or California. You seek out other Kentuckians and you do things with them. That's kind of the way it is because you have some, there's just some common denominator there that keeps you running together. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, over the the years that I've been here, you know, when I talk to my friends back home or go somewhere else, or even my kids are like, oh, you're going to move back to Florida. I'm at the point of, no, like, I would like to have my house in Florida, but I want my house here because... When I talk to people around Kentucky, they seem to move away, and then a big majority always moves back because there's something about this state 
that just draws you home. I just had some immediate family that moved to southwest uh, Florida and went there for a couple of years, and now they're right back here. Yeah. They just, they just missed it. So what makes it special? Like, you've been here your entire life. Of course, you, you've sure. went away for a little bit, and we can talk about that. But if someone was to say what's the best thing about Kentucky, what first comes to your mind? People. Yeah, it's easy for me. Uh, the people are what makes um, Central Kentucky good. I, I've never, um, when you live here, you kind of you kind of really overlook it, but you, you don't. And in your in your bones, you feel it, I think, but you don't really. You know, it's like you, you take it for granted a little bit. When people come here that are not from here, they're like blown away, like by the hospitality of people, by the politeness of people. They're still men opening doors for women. They're still not that. Not that the chivalry is, is gone everywhere. It's not dead in Kentucky by far. You know, it, it's probably not. It, it certainly wouldn't work in Jersey. It certainly wouldn't work in New York or something if you if you um, if you addressed people the way that people are addressed around here sometimes. But it's a ter- it's terms of endearment. It's not a term of of any type of. Uh, I don't know. It's just it it's the people are the asset. I think. It, plus, we have a really unique place. I mean, all you have to do is uh, talk to someone who has just flown in here and flown over the horse farms and all that stuff. But when you're coming in here, you're like, you feel like you're probably going to something out of Gone with the Wind. And the bluegrass farms are by far the most beautiful you can see. You and I are both in the real estate industry in, in different ways. But when I have to explain Kentucky and when I talk to investors and when I go to masterminds around the country with my place partners, you know, we always talk about people and companies will flock to an area that have two things, either higher education, industry, a specialty, and there's a whole lot of a list that we can always provide if somebody wants that. In Kentucky, especially Lexington and Central Kentucky, you're at Lexington, which is 350,000 people, has the higher education. So we have University of Kentucky, Transylvania University. We have Georgetown College. We have Midway University. We have Eastern Kentucky University in Richmond. We have Center College, which is very highly alumni populated with equine, right, down there in Danville. And then, you know, our BCTC is just magnified. Then when you get to, oh, healthcare, that was another big one. We have over 14 hospitals, and they're all expanding. They are. all getting bigger. Right. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. People are coming here. The dichotomy that we have here is how, how are we going to handle them? You know, what are we going to do with them? We're in the real estate business. How are we, how are we going to accommodate these people and um, allow that they can have a, you know, have the same life that we, that I've had here, you know? And, and yeah. The, the great things of the horse racing, the bourbon industry, the Kentucky Wildcats, the, uh, you, you just hit on all of those things just. They, they all kind of take on a life of their own. And the people really work, and work hard in order to, uh, to try to keep it that way and to keep it, to keep it friendly. It's a nice place to live. It's a fun place to uh, raise a family, I think. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, I think that there are, you know, there are always things that can, you can do better. And there are always things that growth has brought on that, that are different than when I was a kid. If it was old Lexington, it wouldn't be what it is today. I mean, it's it's the, that's right. It was kind of a kept place back then. Everybody, you know, you knew everybody when you went to the grocery. You knew everybody when you went to dinner somewhere. There were 
there were four or five places to go. That was it. There were 400 places to go. That's right. So that's that part of the growth has been great. Personally, I love it. Lexington here is known around the world as having the highest per capita for people eating out. That's why Shakespeare and Company, you know, the owner from Dubai came here and opened the first Shakespeare and Company here in the United States. I've always, I've always heard that it, 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 that it's also a huge text, uh, test market for uh, for franchise businesses and, and restaurants and that type of stuff. And we, we're blessed with, uh, with a good variety of places to go eat and things to go do. You know, there's, there's not an ocean here, but if you take a, um, you know, if you take a May uh, evening uh, uh, in central Kentucky when it's perfect weather, I put it up against anything anywhere. Well, we have such a, a international draw. We have the horse farms, the horse races, and the horse sales, right? Stallions, thoroughbred, where we have people come from all over the world, and that makes us the global horse capital of the world, which is amazing. And then, you know, we have the bourbon, right? And bourbon has taken off. I mean, you made you made a jersey girl. You'll actually love bourbon and make it the drink of choice. But we have the bourbon distilleries and we have the bourbon sales and the bourbon trails. So, and then we get into industry. Toyota has the top manufacturing plant here in Georgetown, right north of us. And you have the locksmith capital of the world right below us in Nicholasville, which is most, most people don't even need that. So all the governments around the world, folks, come here to Central Kentucky with their high security and government officials to learn how to pick locks and pick safes and how to protect the president or of a, their country with security. And, um, you know, it goes on and on, all the little hidden gems of the backwoods of Kentucky. Everybody thinks they're going to get a deal when they get here because it's Kentucky, right? And I had that mindset. So in fairness, I understand that. It, 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 it is a deal compared to some other places, but it's... Uh... It's not what it, it's not what it once was. It's not That's a right. it's not a, it's not a sleepy little spot anymore. I think that uh, when I was growing up, it was um, in no particular order, but it was uh, horses always number one in my mind. But number two was probably tobacco. Yeah. Number three was was bourbon. Yeah, you, know, you can mix those up. You know, where, did, where, where does coal fall, fall in that? Coal was uh, you know to to those in eastern Kentucky, it falls number one number every, one. every time. Yep. Yeah, and. And truly, uh, a lot of the wealth that was in central Kentucky came from the mountains of, of eastern Kentucky. There are many, many generations of families that lived and worked in eastern Kentucky, but but lived in, and, and did their recreational stuff here in, in Lexington. And they still do. I mean, they have their nice house in eastern Kentucky, and, and they'll have their townhome or house here in Lexington because, telling you guys, if you have not followed our D1 slash SEC sport team, University of Kentucky, you are missing out. It is. It is a religion, <laughs> right? In here, I mean, I've never seen anything like it because I mean, we grew up on pro sports in, on the East Coast and everything here is college. It, it's, it really is. I, I think that unless you're a part of it and you've been here and you've lived it, you really can't believe it because, I mean, I, I know other people – uh, the University of Alabama football or the University of Georgia football. or Yeah, I, I agree they're great traditions and all that type of stuff, but there just seems to be something different here. Yeah, the, special. We just got ranked number one over like the history, yeah. right? UK is a huge generator economically and, and professionally here in, in central Kentucky, and it always has been. 
No, and it's also taken off with, I think, the University of Kentucky Medical Center, the Chandler Center is, you know, really becoming a research center. And you've got the Markey Center Cancer Center, and you've got Shriners, and you've got Children's Hospital. We're one of two children's hospitals in the country. You know, you have St. Joe's, and you have Lexington Clinics, and you have Baptist Health. I mean, it's it's very impressive. Maybe one day I'll actually get my brother to relocate here from L.C. Hint, hint, I hope you're listening. That's the other thing that makes Lexington interesting, I think, too, especially to Eastern Kentucky folks and, and somewhat Western Kentucky folks. Statewide, when you get all the way down in Paducah and Henderson and down in that area, it's five or six hours to get here. So it's 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 much like driving from one into Florida to north to south in Florida. It's a, That's right. it's a long way. People don't know that. But the healthcare center for all of Kentucky, minus the western part of Kentucky, is is Lexington and, and Louisville somewhat. But... Louisville also is is such a big metro it, itself, and it pulls out of Indiana and all that as well. But uh, Lexington has been the medical capital for Eastern Kentucky for sure for, oh, yeah. for forever. The Markey Cancer Center is a, just a hidden gem. I mean, we're lucky beyond belief to have that here. The lifestyle of bourbon and tobacco and horse racing it might not be the best for your health, <laughs> but it's probably the best for your attitude so but we sometimes that uh, the 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 you know we we're, we're stricken a little more often here in kentucky with some of the dear we are actually spoiled like for me to come and look at it i mean the beauty of the bluegrass and the farms and the mountains if you go from eastern kentucky which touches west virginia to western kentucky that touches indiana and missouri and the you know, the top of West, Western Tennessee, you've got a good seven and a half hour drive. And in that span, it's just, it's all beautiful. Like you talk about the the West, so the central United States, and they're like, oh, it's all flat. But everyone that comes here says like, your landscape's beautiful. Maybe we shouldn't be telling everyone. It's that's right. It's, it, it, it is somewhat, Lexington is somewhat flat, but it's not really. No. If you're, you know, if you're used to being on a coastal type area, it's really hilly, but I think I think the thing that I find the funniest, especially being in real estate, is when one of our clients is like, "Oh, the driveway—it's it's a hill," and I'm thinking, "It's it's a speed bump from what I where I came from." You know, New Jersey has a lot of mountains, or if you went to Eastern Kentucky, you know, like that driveway is a speed bump. Right. Some of those in Eastern Kentucky, you need a you know, it's four wheel driver. You're not going down. Not going anywhere. That's right. So, you know, it's a. Uh, from the from the our association way back when with Virginia to that border there all the way to the western Kentucky which if you're in Paducah you're in down there on the Mississippi River it's a lot like Louisiana or something yeah huge cypress trees and all that type of stuff so we have really you know like you said three or four different kind of states in one state oh well and we've got a ton of history right if you think about like yeah. you know Abe Lincoln and Barry Lee Todd and- yeah. yeah it's um Kentucky, um, I talked about it earlier, but Kentucky, you know, Civil War played kind of both sides against the middle, so you had That's right. both stuff. Um, you know, Lexington is um, is unique; it really is. And I think uh, I think the things that make it great are are a the people, b the you know we're blessed with a, a beautiful place that has um, four distinct seasons. Right now, it's as you know, it's cold and, and rainy and snowy outside, and uh, you know, in three months we'll be at Kingland. Yeah, you know, and two days ago it was fifty-one degrees. Exactly. So, 
That's the, what's the old saying about the weather in Kentucky? If you don't like it this way today, it'll change. It'll change. Well, and that's a great point, too. You know, we have some really great events that bring people in. And, you know, I want to get into, like, what was Lexington and Kentucky when you were growing up to where it is now. But, you know, with Keeneland, we have that twice a year, the first three weeks of April and the first three weeks of October. And for me, that is like the heart of Southern living. Everybody talks about the Derby, which is in Louisville. But, you know, those three weeks is so much fun from college level all the way up to, you know, grandma. Um, everybody sure. loves going to Keeneland. When I grew up, my, my mother and father went to the race. Every day they raced. And they used to not race on Sundays and Mondays. So they were there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's amazing. Every day. Yeah. Every day they went. And they loved it, you know. And they, they were, it was, it was the place to be, where you you know the fun spot that's where everybody went and in the spring it was it was leading up to the derby and it was you know it was just great it was you know as a kid you know your parents would take you out there and you couldn't gamble or do anything but you would just run around and look at all the horses and look at the jockeys and do all that type stuff and have a great time and you so it was just a part of what you knew it was part of your culture so when i grew up i just started going to races just like everybody else did um now that I'm working a little harder, I don't get to go every day now. But but that was a different world then. That was a different world. I mean, my father would get up and put on a coat and tie pretty much. Every, he was a home builder. get up and put on a coat and tie every, most every day in a pair of boots and go. That was what was expected. Well, and for all of you out there, to give you some kind of um, visual, Lexington is right smack in the middle of Kentucky. It is an hour and 15 minutes south of Cincinnati, and it's about an hour and 15 minutes east of Louisville. So if you went from Lexington and went west in an hour and 15 minutes, you're at Louisville and you're at the border of um, Indiana and Kentucky. If you go two hours east, you are at the border of West Virginia and in Kentucky. And if you go an hour and 15 minutes, you're like right there at Ohio. So um, we're pretty close to everything. We're five and a half hours to Chicago. We're three and a half, four hours to Indianapolis. We're three hours to Nashville. We're three hours to the mountains of Gatlinburg and Asheville, you know. We're at the junction of I-75 and 64 right here in Lexington. Yeah, and we're also got all the highways that meet yeah. to north, south, east, and west, which just like big cities. It, uh, it, it's also what brought Toyota to central Kentucky. So they can they can get their product out and get it all around the country fairly quickly by rail and by, by truck as well. Right now we're about 350,000 people in Lexington, our average price point right now is three hundred thirty thousand. When I got into real estate nine years ago, start my tenth year, it was one hundred and eighty thousand, which was crazy. crazy. I remember you helped me with my first deal. <laughs> Tell me what it was like when you were a kid. How many people? What did it look like? Because I want to talk about the expansion. About sixty thousand people. Sixty thousand people, uh-huh. amazing. I, uh, I was telling you earlier, I grew up on Tate's Creek Pike, which is what it was called. And it's called Tate's Creek Road now. Yes, and it was. Uh, I lived, I lived um, probably believe four, three or four miles inside of what is now New Circle Road. I remember when New Circle Road was built. There was no Lansdowne Shopping Center. There was no Malone's or, or anything out there. There was no New Circle Road. So, guys out there, Lexington is like an old wagon wheel. Would you yeah. agree? It's a spoken wheels town. It's a, it's got a center and then it's got um, it's got wheels that go around it, which are now New Circle Road and and. Uh, yeah, and all the spokes are major thoroughfares. So the one he's talking about with Takes Creek Pike slash Takes Creek Road today, 
is one of those major thoroughfares that would take you into downtown Lexington. When I grew up, where I was was in the county, wasn't in the city. It's in the county, and then in 1972, I think uh, the, the we had the, one of the first merged governments in all of the United States. Wow! Incorporate the county and in, in, into it, but it was unbelievable place to live. I mean, you you knew everybody. Uh, it was literally one of those deals where you um, you know you come home from school and you go out and play until the until the streetlights came on, and then you come home and you eat dinner and you go to bed and you do it again. Just keep keep wash and repeat you know it's just you had great friends you did you did the stuff kids do kickball spuds it's, it's all we, we, we played we played football basketball kickball hide and seek red light green light yeah you name it we played it we did it and yeah and, and did it you know every day well i remember you weren't even allowed to come in the house until it was dinner time in my world yeah me neither you'd have to be sick or something to be to be staying home and then a lot of times you'd go on out and the, i remember many times that you'd get sick or you'd hurt yourself or break an ankle or do something like that and all your buddies would come over and play basketball at your house on the goal so you could kind of ease out there and check out what was going on but it was a fun place that you know uh, there weren't any real supermarkets that i'm aware of we went to a place called fd roots which was up on oh, omni road that i said to you about it's now a it's now a fancy restaurant it had a little butcher in the back, three aisles of stuff to go do. I went with my mother probably, you know, until I was old enough to go to school. And then I quit going and she would go on her own. But I can remember that like the back of my hand, you know, the, the butcher knew who all the ladies were and knew what they wanted. And and we're not talking about a very big supermarket, folks. No. We're talking like a little tiny store, what we would think was a convenience store almost. But It's the Tulip restaurant now, which I'd say probably seats 40 people. Yeah. It's not big. I can't really describe it to you, but up in that area, which is Romney Road area, which is a real, which is where you live, you live right around the corner. Yeah, there. sure do. Um, there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken up there. Oh gosh. There was a Gulf Oil study. There was a gas station up there. There was a Toddle House, Dairy Queen, and all of that. Uh, all of that was there, and you know you could access it by your wasn't anything to just leave your house on your bike and go up and have a. You know, go to Wheeler's Pharmacy or something. And Wheeler's is still there. Or have a milkshake and have a cheeseburger or something like that. And, uh, you know, I, I was lucky in the fact that my parents shop went there fairly often, so they had a charge of cap, so I knew that. So I would go up there and, you know, eat a cheeseburger every now and then and have a good time. I remember coming to Lexington for the first time in uh, 1998, and we drove down Richmond Road where, you know, Cal Perry is now, and just the heart of what I thought Lexington was. It was absolutely beautiful, exactly what I thought a southern city would yep. look like. And I said, oh, gosh, one day I'd love to live here, like here, like because I knew I was moving. And then I found out how much Chevy Chase was, yeah. and we moved to the outskirts because of schools. But Chevy Chase right now, where he's talking about on Romney Road and, you know, one of the, like, neighborhoods outside of our downtown is one of literally the top cities in the nation for people to want to live. It's a, it's, it's a very desirable place to live. It's a walkable community. It's a... Beautiful home. Beautiful homes. It's a large, you know, wide streets, sidewalks. I call it gold dirt. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. And you can walk to the University of Kentucky, which is a major, and all the hospitals. So it's become one of the top places to live you can walk to chevy chase proper that we that we know with bear and the butcher and all that the cci and all that stuff down there 
you might not walk home, but you can walk there, stumble home. I think CCI is one of like, first of all, it's my favorite bar to go. It's just, it reminds me for anybody out there that went to the University of Kentucky of Oscars. It was the college bar and I called a dive, but it's, you go in there and everybody's dressed in jeans and a t-shirt and you'd never know that you probably have one, probably the wealthiest people in Lexington or the people that know every ounce of Lexington are there and they're just come have a drink, sit down, have a conversation. It's a cross section. Everybody, it's a lot like, um, you remember the sitcom Cheers? Or yeah. That's what it's like. It is like Cheers. Much smaller, but yeah, you walk in, darker. Walk in and everybody knows your name. Yeah. But um, what goes on there stays there. But that's part of what Kentucky is about. It's about protecting their people. It's about protecting their people and very private. People, people are private. People are prideful. And uh, like you said, you, you could be sitting next to a vascular surgeon. And on the other side of you will be a guy that is spending his last $2 on a beer. That's right. Uh, on the other side of him is a guy that uh, just got off his plane and it's getting ready to go back to Naples in a couple of weeks. You know, that's just the way it is. That's, that's what makes it so neat. And that, that is kind of just. What Kentucky. Yeah. That's a, that's a micro uh, shot of what Lexington is, I think, because in the horse business, they used to call them old hard boots. And they were just old guys who, that they knew horses and they garnered respect because they knew horses or they knew how to grow tobacco. And they, but they always just walked around with a big pair of hard boots on and chew tobacco in their mouth or a cigarette in their mouth. And they liked to drink bourbon usually. And, and those that, you know, and they kept to themselves, you know, they just, they did their thing and they went on and, and, uh, uh, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of still what you get. Tell me about downtown because, you know, we are growing Downtown has grown immensely since I've been here for 24 years, and I know we're trying to protect the horse farms because that is really the bread and butter of Lexington and where we we get our the biggest industry. So tell me what downtown used to look like, and tell me, you know, some of the the changes that you've seen. Downtown uh, used to uh, where uh, where City National Bank is now, the, the train station used to be right behind that. Oh. And that was the Bank of Commerce at the time. There was a Sears and Roebuck downtown where the Chase Bank is. Uh, and there was all sorts of clothing stores, shoe stores, all that type of stuff up and down Main Street. Main Street was two ways then. And it was it was a hustling, bustling town. And then all of a sudden, in the mid, uh, I'd say the late 60s, early 70s, the federal government started a program called Urban Renewal. And urban renewal was a way to go back down into downtown and to put new livelihood into the downtown. And I think it was probably a big swing and a miss because a lot of the some of the personality got knocked out, and then we had some some other buildings that came up, like the you know for the old First Security now Chase building. It's nothing wrong with it, but there was a there was something else there that you need. if you had it to do over again, you probably could have done it better. Right, but. And, and it kind of it kind of languished for a while, and and like Myers Department Store, it's you know you would go into Myers and you would get on the elevator, and there was an operator on the elevator, and if you wanted to get well, off, if you wanted to get off where they sold saddles and bridles, then you could get off on that floor. If you wanted to go where the men's sport coats were, you could. Or, where was that building? That was uh, right at the corner of uh, Martin Luther King and Main Street. It is. Oh, uh, I uh, I think Jamie Schrader owns that building now. That's uh, and it's, uh, it's it's right there, next to the Chase Building. So. 
uh, and you used to drive down and have a little parking place in, in behind you get on the, you get on the elevator and I, my grandfather for my birthday used to take me down there to get a, a shirt or a sport coat or something like that yeah. and you'd get on and go up well it was a lot of fun but and then as you went on down uh there was uh where Rupp arena now was a, a place called van deeren hardware a huge hardware store and uh gene van deeren who happened to be a neighbor of my parents owned that and operated it for years and years and then Rupp arena came there and along with Rupp Arena came the Hyatt Regency, and then all of a sudden things started to change down there. And um, luckily, I think luckily for us, the Webb brothers were local uh, people. Well, they're not more local. They were Eastern Kentucky people who yeah. who were both uh, attorneys and came here. And, and they are still changing. They're, they're still doing it. They're still, they're still doing, doing it. it. They're still doing it. Unfortunately, Don passed away a few you know years ago, and and uh, but Dudley's still here, and, yep. and Don's son is here, and uh, they're carrying on the tradition and. You know, I, well, people have different opinions, but my opinion is that we we'd be miles behind where we are now if we hadn't had them to uh, pick up the mantle and to build the, what is now the what was the Radisons, now the Hilton. Uh, then we, you know, the office building that was next door, and then now the the, the fifth third building that's been there for for years. And and they just took the you know they 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 jumped in. Lexington wasn't that big of a place, and I think frankly. If the truth be known, if you set Dudley down and said something to him about him, Kentucky wanted to have the Final Four here in 1984. I think I'm, I might have the wrong, might be 85, but don't hold me to it. But um, we didn't have enough hotel rooms to get it done. So that was the impetus behind him. There's always motivation, a big why behind a big goal, right? Behind him, but you know, but he didn't have to do it. I mean, he didn't have to put his own, he didn't have to put his own neck on the line to get it done, but he did because. He, he loved, he, you know, if you ever go to a UK game, the Webb family's well represented at all the games, and they're there, and they're huge fans. And and that's a lot of that Eastern Kentucky deal that we were talking about earlier. That's right, there is, money, there, there is a connection. And uh, they felt that connection, and they felt like that they would try to do what they could do to make that happen. They've been instrumental. So for me, downtown, while it's there's some other players in the game now, and there are some new things going on, uh, if you go down and look at the new center city development and you look at the stuff that they're doing right now and the uh, things they've got planned, uh, they're the impetus behind the, uh, behind the new, uh, supermarket that's going to go on Romney road, the new, the new public supermarket. We're finally getting yeah. Publix folks. We got three of them coming. You wonder how they got done. Well, that's, who's getting it done. Those are the people that get it done and they've been getting it done for a long time. And we, uh, I, in my opinion, we uh, owe them a pretty good debt of gratitude for what downtown is. Well, and they also built like the city center, yeah. you know, along with the Greers. Yeah. And, you know, you have Jeff Ruby's in there. You have a new Marriott. Yeah. You have some great, you know, the it's, italics. It's a, it's a fantastic. It's a, I was in it the other day. I went to a closing there at, uh, at a law firm there. And um, I just kind of, as, as you're going in, you get a kind of a surreal feeling about the fact that you feel like you're somewhere else. You know, you don't, you don't feel like you're in an election. You feel like you're at uh, New York. Chicago or yeah. New York or something. Yeah. I don't know what the future will hold. I hope Lexington, you know, really grasps the downtown because I think if we lose that, we would lose what it's kind of the heart of what we've got. But I'm hoping people, young people start living there and having the, the synergy down there that makes it a place to live. Once it's a place to live, then it's, then it's, then it's golden, you know. Well, and I've noticed, you know, just through my industry, like doing the real estate is a lot of people my age, a lot of the CEOs, a lot of the bank presidents that lived in great big estates out Tate's Creek Road or out, you know, Harrisburg Road, 
were out in Heartland, they all are giving up their six, seven, eight thousand square foot homes and they're moving downtown and completely downsizing. I mean, I went from 4,900 square feet to 17 with unfinished basement, still trying to figure out where to put stuff, but love it because I can walk everywhere. And that's what they love. They're, they're coming down to the townhomes. They're coming down to the condominium, the city center, um, and really vibing it up. And then we have the university that's coming down. We now have, you know, the, uh, the central bank, right. You know, kind of meet in the middle. That's, uh, that's that development that's going to be done there in the Ruparino parking lots. Now it's going to be a, a just a, it's going to be something else really. I mean, uh, I happen to know, uh, the, one of their partners, the web's partners from, from Texas and, um, and, uh, they are, uh, they're serious, serious players and they're, what they do is good, great stuff. That is, the, the drawings of that have me excited that, uh, you know, that would be a center of where people are just going to want to congregate and do things and have fun. And, and, and then you have the, the new park and those type things that, uh, well, I mean, you got a $25 million investment with the park that's going to escalate there. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. We were talking about the webs earlier in, and, uh, you know, you, you you think about what kind of foresight those guys had. Uh, Don Webb was the guy who, uh, in that same area, he said, let's build uh, Lake Lexington and let's just uh, dam it up, make it a lake, and we'll develop around it. That was back in the 80s, you know. Wow. And while that's not what you're doing, that that's kind of what you're doing. You're you're carving it out so that it's an asset to the community, and, and, and it will, you know, when you put that park in there, you were you were there early with Distillery Heights. Yeah, when everybody you, told me I was crazy when I would go and try to get investors too you, early. When you put that park in there, and those pieces all start to come together, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Every piece of real estate around that, or within a couple blocks of that park, is going to just explode. Well, and Ann McBrayer would talk about that because when you know we were forming Distillery Heights and taking that piece of land yeah. and changing the trajectory of taking it from a hotel to putting 32 townhomes up there. Everybody said, what are you doing? And then I really dug into the history of Lexington and saw that back in the day, that's exactly what the city had mapped out was to put townhomes there. Exactly what you, exactly what you have there is. And that was a great project to work on. And has been a great steward of that, uh, of that park. She's born and bred Lexington. Her family's owned a business here for years. She she knows. Well, we would talk about it. She said that any they did all the searches with parks around the country and got one of the top like architects and really dug into you know the statistics of yeah. that. And for anyone living in Lexington and looking at downtown, this you know better hurry up because yeah. the prices have escalated. You know, it's gonna go, it's gonna go. It's gonna skyrocket. It, it'll be five times. In value per square foot is Any, what they say. I, I know there have been some others, but Ann is kind of steer, you know, spearhead of that. Anything that she's involved in is going. Yeah, she's like, going to be lucky that that she's she's driving the driving the horse there because she won't let it go off the tracks. Well, so we'll have Town Branch Park, you know, steerheaded by Ann McBrayer. Um, you have the Legacy um, trails that have come out. We have Town Branch Park. So you go from Rep Arena that just went under a $250, $260 million renovation. It looks absolutely beautiful. And then behind it will be the new park. And then that leads right into the start of the distillery district where we started Distillery Heights. I know you just probably saw in the paper or saw that Coach Stoops and his group are getting ready to uh, to build their whole distillery down there. Yep. And 
for, for you who had a vision and others who had a vision, me, I've been here my whole life. I've seen that area down there and it was rough. I mean, rough, uh, 10 years ago, it was rough. Yeah. And, and now it's, now it's the place to be. I mean, it's the place everybody wants to go. It's the place everybody's hanging out and having fun. It's trendy. It's swanky. It's, you know, from the start of the distillery district, which is right there on Oliver Lewis in Manchester, you know, you had distillery heights, you have the grand reserves, and then, you know, you have the beautiful Manchester hotel that just went up that's been in travel and leisure magazine. And then you have the pepper distillery. And then when you go down to the, the distillery district at the opposite end, you have, God, just a plethora of, of restaurants and our stores. And we have uh, the, uh, bur- the bourbon barrel distillery, which is actually on the bourbon trail. Okay. Yeah. And you have the Burl House, which is getting internet like national singers. We, in. we haven't even talked about the bourbon trail. I feel like I'm a dummy because, you know, here I am born and raised here. And, and uh, I was like, People asked me about the Bourbon Trail for years, and I was like, huh, you know, what, what are you talking about? That's about how dumb I was about it all. I mean, I knew. I'd been to Maker's Mark. I'd been to- Woodford. I'd been to Woodford. I'd been, I'd been to uh, uh, over to Buffalo Trace and some of those, but I didn't realize there was a Bourbon Trail or there was a place to go, a website to go look at this and all that. My uh, my sister-in-law worked in the uh, worked, for, worked in wine and spirits, but my, and my father-in-law did too. And they were the ones that started telling me about, you need to get involved and you need to figure out a way to get in front of this. And uh, I, I, I never did, but um, I've enjoyed it. And I've really enjoyed taking friends of mine that come here and going out and doing that stuff. They, you, t- you take a, a couple that comes here from North Carolina and you take them to, uh, to Calumet yeah. or you take them to Claiborne Farm and then you finish that up with a trip to, to Woodford Reserve. And they, their mouth is open. They're not quite sure that they think they've died and gone to heaven. And it's, I mean, it's special. And then, and then that same night, you, you know, you can go to, you can go to Jeff Ruby's, you can go to Dudley's and have dinner. And then you can go down into the stories district and hear, you know, Tyler Childress is, is tuning it up on the deal. And, and he's, you know, that happens. That's exactly what happens. So it's a special place. It's fun. It's, uh. I don't think the Bourbon Trail is the renaissance that that Nashville has felt just through the through Nashville what's going on there. But we're we're kind of kind of getting that vibe here all of a sudden of some of that. Um, it's it's not obviously Nashville, but it's something right Kentucky kind of stuff, bluegrass type stuff. So, well, I'm noticing like the different builders are coming in too because yeah. it's it's picking up. And when we did the study, you know, developing distillery heights, we did the study back in 2016. And I worked with the chamber who had national consultants come in and really dove into what do we need? What's the housing? What's the economy going to be like? And we had probably at that time, 10 capital projects going on. And now if you go down to the economic department at the chamber, I mean, there's so many... Yeah capital projects going on, but we knew back in 2016 that Lexington alone was going to be short 7,900 beds at UK, and we were going to be short 25,000 houses by 2025, and we hit that by 2020, 2020, 2021. Well, the, the beauty of Lexington, we talked about, it's a, whole, it's a you know, wheel and spoke town, but yeah. On the outside of the last of that last wheel are the horse farms. That's right, and that that's non-negotiable as it relates to 
to development, at least it has been. And I, I think that probably in order for us to keep our identity, there there needs to be a give and take on some of that. But it's 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 very hard. It's very emotional for people that are that have been here forever, and and the horse farms are the are the are the rock. And I understand that. I also was a builder developer, and I understand what it means to be able to provide affordable housing to people who are going to live and and uh, and prosper in our community. And we've got to do both. So, and it's not, and that's not negotiable. So, what we've done now is kind of skip over the horse farms, and we've gone to Jessamine County, we've gone to to Georgetown. We, Richmond is on fire. Richmond and Georgetown right now are the top two county, you know, cities for growth. I think Winchester is probably going to be next. Almost seems like a little stepchild, but Winchester has some really great areas, and I think it's about to explode. You know, you have Versailles, which is mostly horse farms, and the number one horse county in the country, and then you have Bourbon County, where Paris is, and it actually is the first bourbon distillery there. Bourbon County is, uh, that's that's, uh, kind of the nirvana of horse farms out in that area, as well as Versailles. And certainly that old Frankfurt court is, is pretty well um, said for. I mean, you're not going to develop houses out there. It's just not going to, it's just not going to be a part of it, but that's the task. That really is the task. We, we just saw something in the paper today, I think about 12 acres of infill over Transylvania where they're going to do some before. That's right. That's a big, that's what we've got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where we got to get right with it in, in, and that's where some that's where some of that give and take has to happen. I mean, if we might lose some identity on some of the older some homes and stuff that are in old downtown Lexington and things like that, but we trade that for not losing you know fifty acres of horse farm or something like that. That's the trade I think that has to be made, and we got to go up a little bit and not out. That's right. Change the landscape a little yeah. bit, the skyline. Yeah. Right now, it's the big blue building right. of Fifth Third, and um, you know you added the city center that was almost there, but yeah. Big Blue still. We're seeing now, and I think you're going to see more of this, and it's a national trend with the pandemic that we just went through, the whole dichotomy of working in an office changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, people work from home now. Um, now, there are still many businesses that are starting now to require you to come back in at least two or three days a week, but not all the time. And it's um, very similar to what you have here. It's a it's a place to come plug in and to do your work when you need to do it, when you need to be close to a copy. Wait a second. We love coming to the happy place. I know. Today. You, or here. And I do, too. I do too. We love That's it. That's right. So, but um, what I was getting at was you're seeing now some commercial space being converted. Oh, yeah. To, to, to condos. condos. It's huge in downtown right, right. now. Yeah. And it's, it, I think it's going to be a trend that you're going to see continue. And that's the kind of, that's where we got to get right. I mean, you get, if Rome wasn't built in the day, you know, you do it, you do it with fifties and forties and thirties and twenties units and all of a sudden, and, and that's what I'm getting at. And all of a sudden you've got, all of a sudden you got three or 400 young people living downtown and you still got Grant Park. You still got all that over there where, where uh, you got still grandiose houses and, and all that. So you, you've got the, you got the mix, you know, you got what you want to do and the, the places that I think are great cities and the places that I think are great, like restaurants and great bars and stuff like that, is where you'll have a 21-year-old sitting next to a 90-year-old, or you'll have a, a neighbor that had, you know, downtown, they've got uh, three or four young people, professionals that are living in a condo next door, but they always come over to see the old lady that lives in the old house and, you know, have a cocktail with her or, right. or eat dinner with her or clean her 
you know, clear car forward, do whatever it may be. But that's the kind of stuff that uh, I think Lexington has in their heart. And I think that if we can, you know, if we can get people close uh, to that type of lifestyle, I think we'd be lucky. What's your favorite area of Lexington? I'm a Chevy Chase guy. And that's O2. Yeah, so, yeah, so around here we call it the O2. <laughs> but, but but let me tell you, there are lots of places I like in Lexington. Really are. I love downtown Lexington. I love Chevy Chase. I, I like uh, I, I like the, the Harrisburg Road Corridor as well. Yeah, and that's grown immensely. Yeah. They just moved from there. It's, it's unbelievable. The Palmar Center and yes. now the Fountains. Guess, who, guess who's doing that? At the webs are doing that, and I know MK builds in there as well. I mean, he, it's really grown, and you know, we got rid of the Merrick, and that's going to be another web career um, community where they're going to put homes and townhomes there next to Ethington, which wasn't. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that was the property there that um, Mr. Ethington owned. He was a Nicholasville guy. So honestly, I didn't know that's how it got their name. So that's good to know, everybody. So Ethington's named after the original owner huh? out there. I mean, in Nicholsville, if you keep going out the Harrisburg corridor, I mean, the estate homes. So all of you out here, I mean, the Drake's Landing and all that stuff out there, it, it goes on and on and on, and, and it's beautiful stuff. And, and the houses that we have that we're selling out in the estate area, that's anywhere from 900 to $2 million. If you went to L.A. with one of my place partners, they'd be selling that for $10 million. Anyways. The land alone, and then the the quality of the home and the pools and all of it. So anyone out there that's looking to get out of the East or the West Coast, you know, give us a call because we have something really special. One of the things that I have noticed, and you you don't really dwell dwell on this very much when you are living here, but I jumped in my car at 3.15 to be out here for a meeting with you at 3.30. Yep. Uh, If I had done that in, I lived in Jacksonville, uh, I would have had to leave at, you know, two thirty. Yeah, probably to get here by three thirty. Maybe that would have been something broke on the highway. Then you would have been. You know, might have been another half an hour, forty five minutes. Lexington is still a small town. I mean, it really is. People, people that are born and bred here uh, want to raise cane about. Oh, look at the tra- traffic. traffic! It's still <laughs> You don't know what traffic is. I remember living in New Jersey and working in New York City. Right, right up. You know, I had a window right overseeing Times Square. It was phenomenal. But I would leave my house at 6 a.m., and it was an hour and 45 minutes door-to-door to sit in my chair. And at and and that's on a good day. That's without any traffic. Thing bad happened. Yeah. yeah. So Lexington, for all it is, it's, uh, it's got a lot of big city stuff. It's still, I think it's still got a small town atmosphere to it a little bit. Yeah. But it's... Lexington, as you know, it pulls from a demographic that is, you know, yeah, Lexington's 350, but we really pull from probably a million and a half or something. Um, so that's what makes the restaurant scene fun and the bar scene fun. And of course, you got the University of Kentucky. And we are our travels with the U- University of Louisville. But I mean, you can kids you can drive up to Cincinnati if you, or, you know, Louisville if you want a little bit more of that yeah. city culture yeah. right there. Um, and if you want some more Southern charm, you go down to Nashville or you go down to Gatlinburg or Asheville, which is really nice. And the benefit is, is, you know, our, we got two, three airports accessible to us within an hour. You know, the Bluegrass airport is small, but 
there's something really nice, guys, about going into an airport and not having to stand in line for an hour just to get to the front of security. I mean, and then you've got you got Lowell and you got you've got Cincinnati all that not. Well, Cincinnati's airports and it's in Northern Kentucky. Everybody just so you know, just there is some statistic I forgot holding it. I think sixty percent of nation's population is within a four-hour drive of Central Kentucky. Oh, really? Something like that. And I'm, I'm sure. That's, well, I think half of Lexington lives here, and half of it they also have a house in Florida. I mean, we have direct flights to Destin, we have direct flights to Tampa, direct flights to Naples, direct flights to Fort Lauderdale yep. and Miami, and now Charleston and. Right. You know, you got direct flights to Dallas, direct flights to Cincinnati, Philadelphia. That's it's. Uh, I mean, you can jump out to Bluegrass Airport and be, you know, pretty much anywhere. I really think I need to tell my place partners to have a conference here. Now that we have like the city center and Absolutely. we have Rupp Arena all redone, it would be beautiful. That uh, and, you know, the convention space down there, Rupp Arena. It's phenomenal. I did a beautiful job with that. I want people to know a little bit of history about you because, you know, we've talked a lot about how you know everything, but for everybody out there, I mean, Scott is uh, a jack of all trades. I mean, builder, lender, first franchise person of Valvoline. I want I want you to tell people about that. You had like the maintenance, the fleet maintenance for the coal miners when their equipment went down you owned you know part of lexington investment got into mortgages didn't even know it um you built some of the neighborhoods come on tell your story it's phenomenal let's go well my my story is pretty simple i I was born and raised here in lexington my parents are central kentucky people my dad's from uh, harrodsburg springfield area and uh, my mother grew up here my whole family's here i've got slews of cousins and and second cousins and aunts and uncles and all that that were all around here, all mostly all in the tobacco business. Yeah. And, um, some were in the uh, were in the whiskey business, and my dad was a home builder. So uh, when I um, matriculated out of college, I, I didn't graduate from college, but when I matriculated out of college, uh, I went to three. I went three. to the to the uh, <laughs> I went to the um, Bluegrass Technical. College is what it was called at the time. It's BC, TC. Yeah, it's huge, and the and campus is grown. So they had a two-year real estate uh, deal. So my dad was in real estate, so I decided, well, why not do something that I at least thought was fun? So I did do, I did that. I, I got a two-year associate's degree in real estate. I got my real estate license when I was about uh, 20, I think. Um, so, uh, and back then, uh, because I built some houses before that, when I was in, when I was during the summers in, in college, I built some houses. Back then, if you'd built over $500,000 worth of real estate, you could get your broker's license without having to take a broker's test or, and you just, you just had to, you just had to meet that. So I got my broker's license right when I was 20 years old. Wow. Now I started working for my dad at any rate with a real estate license and, uh, but started building houses is what I started doing. So I started off building some duplexes and, and, um, I'm on, I try to build one and then own one and build one and one and build it well through real estate. Yeah, the best way to do it. Going pretty good. For a while and everything and uh, everything was going going great and I I started doing some development started building more houses and taking out more loans and doing more things to get things done and all of a sudden I realized in 1981 and two when interest rates were at twenty and twenty and a half percent wait say that again twenty and twenty and a half percent eight 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 yeah 1981 82 I think that uh, 
I would get a, I'd get a notice every day almost, or at least once a week that rates were going up. I think it, you know, I think I ended up at about 19. So everybody out there that, you know, I know rates went up from 3%, 2 and 3% drastically to 5 and 6 and 7. And this fall they were 8. Yes. Now they're like low sixes. So, so that, 18 doesn't sound so. That little bit of money that I've made in the building business, you know, I had to give it back to the to the bank to oh, pay the interest and do all that. So then, you know, then went through another cycle and made made some good money in, in the building business. And then. But wait a second, you built some neighborhoods. Tell me about the I neighborhoods. Built, I, I mean, give yourself some. I, I, I built the. Yeah. I probably built 30 or 40 houses in Heartland subdivision. I built uh, probably 50 or so, 60 houses in Squire Oak subdivision, built a bunch of houses in Hunting Hills uh, and helped develop those with uh, with my dad and, and his partners. And uh, We're about to sell a house in uh, Squire Oaks. Good. Well, <laughs> they, they don't last long. None, that, that's a, that, was, um, that, that, was, that was a good development. It really was. And it, it, uh, the price point has stayed good and it, um, it, uh, it has worked. You did some of Idle Hour. I did. I did. Uh, we we built some condominiums, some really high end condominiums at the at the time on Idle Hour Drive, and uh, then uh, we developed a uh, an office building that's right there on on uh, on Idle Hour Drive as well. So uh, we, you know, I, I I loved it. I loved the building business. I didn't have quite the eye for it that my dad had, and I didn't have quite the patience. You know, I was in my twenties, and I was. I wouldn't act in the best, you know, I was just, I just was staying out late and doing just things. Young. Yeah, I was just running around and, and so I wasn't tending the business the way I should have been tending it to it. And it, so I, I started looking for something and, uh, I, I had a buddy that was working in Balboa and, and, uh, I'm, they started, he said, oh, we bought, we bought some, um, some oil change places up in Minnesota and we're starting, we're going to franchise these things out in the country, much like Jiffy Lube or something like that. And I said, man, that, that interests me. And uh, he said, well, you know, I'll let you know when we're going to start franchising. And, you know, that three months became six, six became eight, and all this kind of sitting there. And I'm doing a little building here and there, but that's about it, just putting out fires mostly. And at that point, we, we, uh, they, they came to me and said, hey, you know, uh, we, we have some franchisees down in South Florida, and they're coming on about the same time you are, but we, and we've got some people in Boston that are coming on about the same time. But, uh, we're not gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna build all the ones in Kentucky ourselves. So we'll give you the option on either Charlotte, North Carolina, or Jacksonville, Florida. I had a friend that lived in Jacksonville. I went there, lived there for seven years. Had a great time. I loved the place. It was a great place. It wasn't home, but it was a great place. And I met a lot of great friends. And Valvoline uh, then came back in and bought out all the franchisees in Florida for corporate does different things for different reasons. Yeah, they decided to do it. It came at a very good time for me. My mother just passed away. My dad was living here by himself, and I. Felt like I needed to kind of get back and and be here, and um, so everything happens for a reason. I came back and and uh, I started a company called All Fleet Maintenance Company, and All Fleet Maintenance Company was a we had heavy duty trucks that were able to go off road and do things, and we we tended to over the road trucks, heavy equipment, mining equipment, continuous mining machines, all that type stuff. And we 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 made quite a business out there. Wow. And now uh, we ended up selling that business to Kentucky Track and Trailer, KTTR. I'm surprised you, like, too bad you didn't know R.J. Corman at yeah. that time. That would have been a great one. I mean, he's yes. built that railroad yeah. construction business. I'm, I'm, did it from nothing, man. Yeah, he did that's it. That's a great story. But so, sold that business to them and really didn't have anything going on. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Greg Williamson, called me one day and said, hey, do you know anything about the mortgage business? 
now, you know, actually back when I was in the building business, I owned a piece of the mortgage company, but <laughs> all I did was the put up, all I did was put up some money. <laughs> I put up some money. I didn't know, I wouldn't have known, you know, where to start, but, um, he said, well, I'm interested in it. And he owned a, he and some others owned a, um, a really nice and still do own a really nice company called Lexington Invest is now called Lexington Invest Inc. And it's a, it's a, it's a dealer broker of commodities and, 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 and stocks and that type stuff. And, uh, not commodities, but the stocks and bonds. So, uh, it was a, kind of a, a good, real good partnership starting off. And, and it was really a good partnership till the end that just everything changed and uh 2007 2008 came and that was just an awful time for the for the real estate and the uh and the mortgage business and i, I ended up um taking over the company and and um uh me and a, a partner of mine larissa mcconaughey we love larissa she's great. great 21 plus years we started off and, and we've been running with it ever since so. i'm sorry she doesn't look like she could have been in real uh, mortgages for hey, 21 years me neither she's, yeah she's got uh, children now that are in college and Baby's driving a car, so I'm I'm in that. I don't have any children. I don't have any children, but I've lived kind of watching those two those kids grow up. And uh, but so here we are now. You know, I'm a regional uh, manager with a company called Amres. It's taken a long time. There's been a group of us who have read another company and and kind of broke off and and went to Amres. And we're trying to create the perfect mortgage company. It's tough to do. You never everything's never perfect, but it's we try to get it as close. We can, so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, I'm kind of on my, you know, if, if this was a baseball game, it'd be the bottom of the ninth for me. So <laughs> I'm moving, I'm moving to the dugout. So it's got to be coaching from the side. And some of the others are going to have to take this thing over and run with it. But you know, it's 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 been it's been great. I have really, I've really enjoyed it. There are sometimes it's very stressful and it's it's a pain, just like your business. Yeah, you know, people. And people can act ugly and, 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 you know, you just, you just try to pick the good stuff. Well, that wraps up another great podcast. Thank you so much for joining us at the Just Ask Malia's podcast series. It's always a pleasure to help the local and future residents of Kentucky make smart real estate decisions. And we love connecting you to our community. And that's why we do this. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast series. Make sure your friends and family know all about it. Tag, like us, find us on Facebook, social media. And remember, when you're ready to buy, sell, build, or invest, I'm your girl, Just Us Malia.